Hey gang, welcome to episode 64 of the No Proscenium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from an undisclosed location in the Bay Area. That is music you just heard, our new theme music, thanks to Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming up with that. Today on the show, our guest is Jacob Patterson of Think Tank Gallery in downtown L.A. Think Tank's got a whole bunch going on for this spooky season that they're all grouping under the label Trap House L.A. We're going to talk about that more in a second. I'll set up the show. Uh, but first, I wanted to um, get into a few things. Uh, one, um, we will talk about Think Tank again for a second here because this episode, not this part, this part is being recorded under some um, seemingly dire conditions for some reason. Every piece of a technology is uh, rebelling against me at the moment. So if I sound annoyed, it's because I am. Um, but the actual episode went fine and that we recorded at Think Tank's wonderful new podcast studio, which exists because they are making a new podcast and it should be coming out. Um, it should be coming out. I think this week, uh, you can look for it. It's called real talk, uh, artist, real talk, ART, uh, check for it on iTunes, check for it around, go over to Think Tank's website. You should be able to find the new podcast where they're going to be talking uh, with some of their favorite artists. Jacob gets into that during the show, so we'll we'll leave more of that for later. Also want to thank our latest Patreon backer, Mark DeBrow. Mark, I hope I got your last name right. I'm really bad at last names. I need to, like, fix that. Uh, Mark uh, joined us. Uh, he joined us at the $5 level, as we like to say. And like I said last time, um, we're looking at some pretty hard costs coming up. Uh, in the near future. So if you want to help the show sound better, um, and if you want the newsletter to keep on going as we keep on adding people to it, uh, we're going to need your help. So patreon.com slash no proscenium. You know, if all the people who just jumped on uh, this month onto the podcast went over to the Patreon and dropped a dollar a month, we'd be sitting pretty because there's a whole bunch more of you than there were before. Um, Thank the tension experience for that. Thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, it's always great to have you here. Uh, let's do some news and notes. I'm kind of sad that uh, we're having technical difficulties because this is a, a pretty great month that we've got coming up, and there's some, been some brand new stuff that's announced, and there's some stuff that's pretty significant for us here at No Persinium that we want to talk about that we've been uh, sitting on for weeks now. And um, instead, I'm going to do this in a rather rushed fashion. So first... I want to talk about um, some stuff that isn't us, which is uh, The Rope, which is Screenshot Productions. Um, it's their their official haunt for this spooky season. That is actually going to be taking place at Think Tank. Um, it's on the off nights of the Trap House project. Uh, it'll be using the facilities. Uh, so go to screenshot.productions, check it out. They're going to be able to put a lot of people through this. This is going to be the biggest thing they've done in terms of number of people so far. So I really think um, you should um, give it a whirl this time. Uh, they're going to need they're going to need all of us to kind of come out and and make this happen. So check out screenshot.productions if you're in LA and you're looking for some haunt stuff. They do some beautiful, beautiful work. I'm scared out of my mind as to what their haunt's going to be, but I'm going to subject myself to it because eh, in for a penny, in for a pound, I guess. You also want to check out Devoted, which comes from the Shine On Collective. They, uh, I saw one of the pieces of it. I talked about it a bit last week, uh, but definitely doing some interesting work 
uh, sort of some new kids on the block. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, um, I have a hand in, and that is this. So IndieCade, which is the International Festival of Independent Games, happens once a year, happens uh, in Southern California. There are, there's IndieCade East and, and there's IndieCade Europe. So saying it happens once a year is a little bit wrong, but the main IndieCade happens. Um, traditionally, it was in Culver City. It's moving to USC this year. And I was asked by the festival director to come in and help curate Night Games. Night Games is the event that happens on Saturday night of IndieCade. IndieCade is a multi-day thing that's happening from October 13th through the 16th. Uh, I believe the um, open to the public part of the festival is the 14th, 15th, 16th, if memory serves. Um, And he asked me to come in and do Night Games because, uh, if you may have heard other episodes, Sam, uh, Sam Roberts, who's the festival director, um, he's really big into immersive theater, just like we are and interactive theater and all this sort of stuff. And so I've come in and I've brought some of our friends with us. Who might I have brought with us? Well, this is not a complete list by any sense, but the Speakeasy Society is going to have brand new work there. We're going to get previews of work from Annie Lesser, who you might uh, know from Apartment 8 or from Getting to Know You last year. This is going to be a preview of a C in her Alphabet series. We've got the Screenshot Productions folks coming in to do some of their preview material from The Rope. Uh, we've got uh, the Wise Guys, who are some uh, buddies of ours, who are doing uh, their, their work Clue House, which I got to see a preview of um, earlier this year. It was a lot of fun, kind of like a live-action version of Clue. We've got some wonderful VR stuff that uh, I've gotten to see that I'm really, really excited to, for you guys to see. We've got work from other directors here in L.A. And one of the nominees at IndieCade this year, and I, and I don't know for certain that they're going to be part of Night Games, but they are going to be at IndieCade for certain, so you want to look into getting the festival passes, Hamlet Mobile. Hamlet Mobile is coming back. It's going to be at IndieCade. You know you want to go see that. So day passes start at 25 bucks. There's festival passes, which I think are around $75, and that gets you multiple days. And then Night Games has a standalone ticket, which is just $20. So if you've been holding out and you're not sure, like, well, I don't know about these guys, and I don't know about those guys, this is going to be your chance to have a smorgasbord smorgasbord <laughs> it's one of those nights people um it is a grand banquet uh, uh the taste la you if you will of immersive theater here in los angeles one night only october 15th night games at indicade curated by yours truly so if you ever wanted to know what an immersive theater festival in my hands might look like well this is kind of a sneak preview of that idea so i i think you should go i'm just saying i I, you know i'm biased obviously okay let's get into this because i am holding this heavy 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 to hold in one hand yeti microphone jacob patterson is our guest on the show today we're going to be talking about trap house la which uh, you can find at traphouse.la it's not just an art show it's not just an escape room it is it is also a venue for immersive and interactive theater work because that's how the think tank guys roll this is a lot of fun to have in this episode uh content advisory jacob and i have dirty dirty mouths and we're not afraid to use them so if you are one of those people who likes to listen to it with uh, the kids around well 
hope they've heard all the bad words uh, because they're about to hear them again. Um, it's a nice, loose conversation between a couple of people who know each other relatively well. Um, so, you know, it's no proscenium. Uh, by this point, a lot of you know how this rolls. If this is your first time at no proscenium, well, this is a good episode to start on. Here we go. It's like late. This is like one of the latest. Well, this is where we'll start. This is one of the latest ones uh, we've recorded. I've recorded so far. So we're we're here in the, and this is now this is now official. Jacob, this is now official. You guys have a podcast now. So across from me, as the cold open will let you know, it's Jacob Patterson mm-hmm. of Think Tank. Mm-hmm. His uh, partner in crime, Patrick, is uh, is off on a video shoot right now. Working so. with Mac Miller. Of, of all people. Yep. So he's not able to be with us. Uh, but you guys have a very, you just said it's going to be a very long night. Yeah. So what's going to make this a very long night? Well, we're in the middle of a bunch of things right now. We're launching our online store back up with a collaboration with Valley Cruise Press, which I'm really excited about. That happens hopefully Thursday. We uh, officially launched our podcast as of two hours ago, I think. We announced it on Instagram. And this is on this is on Monday, and this is going to go out on Friday. So, so little, beginning little bit of a few of days, week. yeah, beginning of this week. And we were supposed to have launched uh, ticket presale for our upcoming crazy haunt art show event series experience called Trap House um, that opens on October eighth. We were supposed to have done that today. We're pushing it to tomorrow, and I will probably be up all night getting the uh, website done, fixing up the last little bits. So that's what we're here to talk about uh, in primarily. We'll also talk about uh, the podcast, but since this is this is a, the return to the haunt season for you guys, what is Trap House LA? What is this show? What's going on? Well, You've been we, talking about it to me for so long. Yeah. I'm like, tell everybody else. Yeah, you've had a bunch of people on your podcast that we've worked with in the past. And a lot of those people have been kind of advising us for this one that's coming up. But basically to like provide a little backstory to how this all came to be. We have been hosting events in downtown LA, um, somewhat immersive events, but I'm starting to begin to understand what the term immersive means by listening to your podcast and my haunt life and others. Um, For six years now, we've been doing all sorts of different events. We've built skate parks and coffee shops, and we've kind of started to place ourselves in this context where we build some kind of installation, bring a bunch of dope artists together, and then in a community community mindset, we kind of like bring in all these local event producers and directors and have them take over some aspect of the show to put their own twist on whatever it is that we've built. Yeah. And so this will be the third or fourth, fourth time that we've done that, I think, and by far our most ambitious. Um, but for the last three years, we've hosted a haunt for every haunt season. Two years ago, we hosted Alone, the year... But before this, we hosted a uh, actual haunted house kind of thing with Drunk De- Drunken Devil Productions, and we built like a immersive bar thing in the back that had performances and cocktails and all that kind of stuff, and it was like horror themed. And um, they pretty much only do that now, which is kind of fun. It's a really interesting take. And Matt Dorado has been on our podcast, the guy who hosted that. And uh, this year, we're kind of doing our own. Um, we're teaming up with a bunch of really cool people and hosting our own self-produced haunt, and I'm terrified. you're terrified of terrifying people so (laughs) yeah patrick uh my partner patrick who couldn't be here today is uh more so on on in charge of the uh, production side of things um i'm handling a lot more of the art and like marketing side but i'm still uh, maybe that's why i'm so 
nervous is because his work's all done and I have to stay up all night to get ready for the ticket launch tomorrow. What what goes into, because I think, I mean, last year, was it last year or was it earlier this year? It was Break Bread was just earlier yeah. this year. Yeah, that was our biggest one. It's been a long <laughs> year because yeah, yeah. that feels like a lot longer than, I guess that would have been like six, seven months ago. Yeah. But it feels a lot longer than that now. Um, and here, here in the studio, the the neon sign from Break Bread is uh, is our constant companion. Has <laughs> been this entire time. It's like um, the moonlight. It, it's, it it's is. It's a very similar color to moonlight, actually. It is, yeah. If we if we killed all the other lights in here, we could we could say this is a podcast by moon and light and, yeah. and monitor light. Yeah, and they're always like, by monitor. Light. It's a really it's like a neon version of the color of the moon. No, it is, it's true. It, it, that is that is super accurate. Like yeah. it feels. If Lagunitas wasn't one of our sponsors, Blue Moon could definitely be. <laughs> <laughs> we probably shouldn't have said that on the podcast. We're getting in trouble now. Um, what goes What goes into because you guys got such. You guys got such a reaction to that, like so much attention. Like, is there a secret sauce to 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 getting that kind of holler, or is is it just a lot of sweat equity that goes into that kind of marketing? I think it's, I think it's more so a lot of buy-in with a bunch of risk takers, because mm. we we definitely can't take credit for it. Like, we wanted it to be big, but it was ten, twenty, a hundred times bigger than we expected it to be to our fault actually like we couldn't keep up at times with that like we'd go to open the front door at 10 or 11 a.m whatever time we opened and there would be a line down the street on like a wednesday morning or something and it was like just trying to get everything done and then host an event that night and then have someone come in to host something in the lounge and just every day was a new thing and it was a little bit overwhelming because most of the time people just put up an art show and then they sell the art and then they maybe do a couple like artist talks or something, but people come to the opening night party, you get two or three people a day during the run of the show, and then people might come to the closing night party if they missed it or want to see it again. And that's pretty much it. And so our philosophy or our, our theory was that if we can get all of these different local producers to come in and pop up in our lounge in the back and host whatever events, we had supper clubs, we had comedy nights, we had... Um, two different immersive theater shows, one by the Alone Guys and one by Arya uh, Davachi, I think is how you say his name, um, who hosted a really sick show and you interviewed him on your podcast. Um, we had these people come in every night and we were like, well, a new audience is going to see this show every day. Yeah. And as long as we're not exploiting our artists, which is a very sensitive um, task at hand, then we're benefiting them. Well, and that's, and that's one of the things about a space like this is if you can get the artists to come on board for a collaboration, right? That was one of the interesting things about what you were doing by having Ari and by having Alone come through and, and riff on the art that was already in place. It starts to open things up in, in a way that a show by itself doesn't usually get to do. And there's that whole idea of a site-specific piece is always looking to have a pretty heavy... Um, pretty heavy production value from like the site mm-hmm. right like you know you you hold something in a church or you hold something in a, in a cemetery or the natural history museum you're getting that production value right yeah. like half the game for a site-specific company is scouting a location mm-hmm. and, and setting up everything that way and i come i come from the um art world like i was a painter and i studied art history and we even differentiated between site-specific and site-responsive and the most site-responsive artists that exist I 
feel today are immersive theater artists because they literally take the history of like we're working with Nick from Screenshot Productions in October as well, which we can talk about. And he gave me permission through text message ten minutes ago to say that. Yeah, on this podcast, he was telling, he was telling me good. I'm glad we can talk about it because he was. Uh... I'm really excited for it. But he, I mean, he straight up has come through and been like, "What are you building?" I'm like, "I don't know." And he's like, "Well, when you know, let me like tell me." And I text him, "Hey, we're gonna throw this in it." And then he changes the show around to fit it. And it's like it's so sick. What immersive theater that they're those directors are the ones that inspire me most well and and i love the fact that you you use the 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 terms like that you you drop down into like site responsive because i think that's something that's so missing from i mean i'm glad you feel that immersive people do it i also feel like having those terms like we don't often nerd out on them because we're trying not to scare the, the normals away because it can be very daunting for someone who doesn't know any of this stuff to hear, oh, well, it's immersive and it's site responsive and it's site specific. And, and I can see some companies like they, they, they just latch on to the I word. But then you get people abusing the I word and like, you know, okay, so there's an environmental staging and it's like, oh, it's immersive. But mm-hmm. like there's something about... There's something about immersive that isn't just an environmental staging. And when you get into site responsive, like that's where the pitter pat starts to happen to me because it's a conversation between the theater makers and the the history of the space or in this gallery type setup with the other artists mm-hmm. that dialogue is going on. It's mm-hmm. artists talking to artists through their work. Yeah. And they say curation. Um, uh, the uh, What was the guy who was like, I was re- raised a young black boy that um, Steve something, Steve Martin. That is that his name? The famous comedian? Oh, yeah, yeah. With the white hair? Is yeah, oh, yeah yes, yes, yes. Steve Martin. Okay, okay. It's, been, it's, been, a, it's been such a... I'm, I'm like sitting there like, which routine is he referring to? <laughs> He's a banjo player. He, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he um, has a book, and in the book, uh, it's called um, An Object of Beauty, I think is what it's called, and it's a uh, fictional book about an art historian who becomes a famous gallerist, this, this uh, young gal. And um, he talks about curation um, coming into its own in like the 90s and early 2000s where they said there was two art pieces and um, a third art expression that can happen when you put those two together. And that's the curator's job, which is the third thing that is created when you put these two pieces together is that conversation. And that's what a curator's job job is. And so that's where I was kind of introduced to it. But it's, it's so much more exciting what immersive theater directors are doing because... I see uh, in our in our like mission statement or whatever our core values we used to say that um, we want to create experiences that are functional and like integrative that require an audience to sacrifice themselves to the immersion but we didn't know what immersive art was we didn't know what immersive theater was. like we didn't know any of those things yet because we hadn't been introduced to them yet um, I was listening to a podcast I think it was with you recently where you said that um, the term immersion or like immersive theater requires agency from the audience and I that sounds like like, the bullshit I'd say yeah (laughs) (laughs) when you said it though I paused and wrote it down and I think I like texted myself whatever it was that you said because I was like that's it that's the difference between where we say we ask that our audience sacrifice themselves to the immersion what that is is a lot of the times it's agency it's like if you are not there the piece is not complete Yes. The art piece can, a bear can shit in the woods, the art piece can hang on the walls, and it can mean the same thing whether there's a person looking at it or not. The, the show, that, that's always the, the test for me with a show. It's like if I go to the show and I'm like, you know what, if not a single one of us was here and they ran this fucking thing, <laughs> it, it, 
it, it's not immersive. <laughs> you know, like if, it, if, if they just wouldn't notice that there isn't the audience. Hmm. So you've given me the general plan with Trap House, but what are people going to find in it? Because you're, you're getting kind of close. And I know that's, that's something more like Patrick's got in, in his head, but, but you have, must have it in your head, too, because yeah, you're in all the, the marketing materials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the narrative. It's actually a really, really exciting narrative. So we're working with a guy named Adam Michelovich. I'm sure I said it wrong. Um, he's the, uh, Don't worry, I'm, I'm worse at this than you are, so <laughs> it's he's, okay. He's one of the you're art- in a safe space. <laughs> cool. <laughs> So he's working, he's one of the art directors at uh, Universal Studios Japan, and he's um, been on, uh, we, have, we have strong ties to a show called Face Off on Sci-Fi, which is a special effects makeup competition, and it's actually one of the coolest reality TV shows that's ever existed. Oh, yeah. And um, so they came to us with an idea where they said, hey, what if we made, they've been pitching uh, John, who's the owner of our company, who's casting producer on Face Off has been saying for years, let's do a special effects makeup show. But we always have this X Factor. We didn't know what the X Factor was. People like you have introduced us to the idea that the X Factor is this buzzword immersive. We knew what the feeling was, and, and that's a lot of the times that's how you express it. Like you can feel it when it's immersive. We knew that feeling, but we didn't know there was a word to describe it. Mm. We used all different words. Yeah. So we were like, how do you make a special effects makeup show immersive? We didn't know what the answer to that was. When they came to us this year, they had the answer. They said, um, Adam and another guy named Evan who works on... Uh, um, escape room called 13th floor um, they came to us and they said hey uh, we're teaming up with this du- this curator dude named Ian um, we want to do an escape room where the escapees are the art and we were like hmm how's that work and so we've created what I think with with their guidance is a really really sick show and I'm really excited to do it um, basically people will be able to come into the show for free all of our art shows are always free They'll be able to come into the show for free. They're going to see all this crazy special effects makeup, art. We got, uh, I think we got com- confirmation today that Alex Party is going to be in the show, who's one of the best, illust- coolest illustrators in the horror realm ever. Um, we're talking to artists like Skinner and like all these really crazy artists. So you're going to see dope art, as we hope that you would expect to see at one of the Think Tank shows. But hidden inside of the gallery, there's a lounge in the back, and that's where the events are hosted, and that's um, sponsored by Sailor Jerry and probably Lagunita Spear. But in the front... There's a, if you've never been to Think Tank before, you won't even know that this is not a permanent feature. We're going to build out the center. The entire center of the room is going to be built into like more gallery walls. And so it'll look like there's a room in there, a very subtle door at the front. And if you're walking around the art show, you're going to see certain things. Um, I'm working on a light installation with one of our engineers uh, that will have lights hung kind of like in a Stranger Things vibe where there's lights hung at different heights and things like that but more conceptual high art pretentious bullshit kind of style (laughs) with like a little bit of a horror feel and um, every once in a while you'll see them light up in a particular pattern and then it might go in a different pattern and then on the third pattern everything's going to blink you don't know what the fuck that is but you're like hmm that could be something let's record it on my phone and basically what how we've taken Adam and Evan's idea and and kind of like ran with it to build it and get everything ready for when they come um, do the build out at the end of September is that as you're um, completing certain puzzles inside of the escape room, they're translating clues outside of the escape room. And um, Nick from Screenshot Productions, for example, is doing an art piece that is a clue that leads you towards something for his show The Rope that he's going to be doing during our dark days which for another Stranger Things reference is like the upside down world version of what our show is going to be mm. so he's doing his own take on Trap House on every Tuesday and Wednesday 
um, while the show runs, which are our dark days. And so that is going to be, I'm like so excited to see how it's all going to be done. I'm not the person who's building everything, but I'm, I have like a couple little creative inputs here and there. And I'm so stoked at some of the ideas I'm hearing with like two-way mirrors and shit like that. So so the to be clear, so the, the art show's free, is the escape room no. also free? So yeah, the escape yeah. room's a s- separate ticket yeah, type Yeah, ticketed. Deal. And, and what's cool about that is um, it's six people can go through in like a traditional kind of escape room style. Adam is a genius when it comes to escape rooms. And excuse me, he's a... He's building right now an escape room for 200 people to go through at once in Japan. 200 people all at the same time. Oh, my goodness. They go through an abandoned movie studio in Osaka, Japan. Oh. I think it's with Universal Studios. That's a dream right there. That's crazy. And yeah. I'm like, what the hell? And he, I'm like, I don't even understand how you can do they, that. They, they really, like the, the scrap games, um, they often do these very large scale uh, escape games, but they're they're scrap sort of like games? yeah. So scrap scrap are actually the people who invented the escape game genre. Mm-hmm. They were the first to do it. But one of the, and they have some rooms. They have like a couple of rooms I think in the Bay Area, and they have a room here. And like of course they come come out of Japan. But like the first time it really started, it was so weird how it spread. It's like it started in Japan, and then it popped up in the Bay Area because of uh, of, of the the Silicon Valley connection, and and but then it migrated from Japan to like Budapest and out really? of Budapest. Yeah. And out of Budapest, uh, the Russians discovered it and took it to Moscow. See, I always thought escape rooms came from Russia. And in, and in, and in Russia, they prof, you know, profligated. And then there was a combination. It was like Caden set up the basement up in Silmar and then, like the maze room kids came over, and maybe like one or two other people came over as well, and kind of. So there's a, this mix. So there are like, sort of uh, American-born native, uh, native, native is ugh, <laughs> scary. But there's there's so there's there's Americans. There, there's three strains, is what I'm just trying to say. Right? Patriotic. Like, like no, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is there's there's sort of three major strains of escape escape games, and there's the line, there's there's this homegrown. Folks like Caden making stuff like mm-hmm. the basement. Then there's uh, Scrap, who is like the original DNA. So they'll do these games that are really they're sort of they're they're puzzles and word puzzles, and like you're all sitting around tables. So it feels a little bit like trivia night for mm-hmm. escape room fans. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of those. Like they're definitely challenging mm-hmm. and they're engaging in some ways, but I love set decoration mm-hmm. and I love the room to tell a story yep. and just the idea of like solve all these puzzles. So it's like it's like it's like the puzzles divorced from mm-hmm. everything else that I love about them, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing about that is that and the reason why I love that those is that the things that I'm good at in the context of these things is figuring out what the room is trying to tell us about how the puzzles interrelate with that's each other. That's the funnest part. Yeah. No, that's totally where, what I get off on. And the scrap games tend to not have that. It tends mm. to be like embedded in the puzzles itself mm. so that you can't just stand back in the middle of the room and go, I think that lighting over there and this lighting over here are telling us something. It's back yeah. to the curation yeah. idea, right? Yeah. Like this piece of art and that piece of art have a conversation. Yeah. And that's what happens in a good escape room. Yeah. Like this puzzle over here and that puzzle over here having a yeah. conversation and it reveals the other thing. Dude, it's the hardest curation I've ever done because the conversations we're having are like, and I'll tell you, a little, I'll give you a little teaser of the um, narrative later on, but um, there's like music lyrics that we will be have like, like, frantically written on all of these pieces of paper that are just like all over this studio that you're in and 
um, people have been like, oh, it'd be really cool. We'll throw like these kinds of words in and this and this. And I'm like, that's going to confuse people. Like I mm-hmm. very deep into my, let's say deep into my 20s, I was split right down the middle. Do I want a career in gaming or do I want a career in art? Mm. And gaming so as avidly as I did for so long, I feel like has taught me so much on how you can fuck up an escape room because they're, the most frustrating thing is when you walk into a room in a video game and like a platform game of some kind and you're trying to figure out some kind of puzzle and yep. people are, and someone's like this you know you suck at this game this game is too hard for you no it's just that the developers were stupid in this room they didn't design this room well yeah knowing the difference I, between something being difficult and poorly designed I, is so hard get so frustrated with the old point and click adventure games because and what's funny is like some people they they're used to them they swear by them i didn't have a pc growing up so then i came around late in my 20s or or even in college and i'd start playing the old lucas arts games mm-hmm. and i was just like what the fuck is wrong with these guys like why am i trying like 17 different <laughs> items in indiana jones hand until i find the right one that works this isn't how puzzles work i was just like that's not how the world works if i'm the world's greatest archaeologist or if i'm the world's greatest detective right then I'm picking up contextual clues, and that's what's helping me eliminate mm-hmm. stuff. It's not just pure logic, right? The, the, the fundamental ground of it needs to be pure logic, but you should be able to use the context of the setting to jump you ahead, mm-hmm. eliminate two or three steps, right? Like, because that's how the world actually yeah. works. Like, that's how smart people get ahead of the game is like they go, they don't have to sit there and just do a logic table on every single yeah. thing once in a while, yeah. right? And you need to have that skill. Hell, like the last puzzle, it was the last puzzle of a game, I won't spoil it, uh, not too long ago. And we, we screwed up. Mm-hmm. We screwed up. We only had two, you only have two chances on this one. And we screwed up the first chance because we missed something. We just overlooked uh, one of the aspects of this puzzle. Mm. And so because we only had one chance left and we only had like two minutes left, I was just like, stop it, hold the phone. We're going to walk through every single possible solution. Cause there was only like, I think six possible solutions. We had already mm. blown one. So we only had five left. And I was like, mm. we're going to argue through each of these. <laughs> so if we go, if we do this, this is what happens. And so with mm. that, we, we were, we were confident when we put in the last one. And mm. so we got out with like 48 seconds to spare. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Which is awesome. Right? Like, like sometimes if you, if you're, if you're at the end of one and like you beat it, like in like half the time it's supposed to take, if, if you're aware of the time, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, we kick that room's ass, whatever. If you're not aware of the time, it just, you're just like, Oh wow, really? We kicked the room's ass. That's fantastic. Mm. But if you're aware of the time and it gets down really close, I think that's actually more fun. Yeah. We, you know? uh, the, the last escape room I did, it, we were trying we were in the last room and we swore we had it was like a um you had to type a put a word into a um padlock yeah it was like not yeah. numbers it was letters yeah, yeah and you had to put a word into it and we were like i know we have mm-hmm. the fucking word right and we, were, we had like 10 minutes left and we were on the very last thing and we're looking around everywhere trying to figure out what is the fucking word if this isn't it what is the word mm. and we were radioing into the guy and like He's like, doesn't want to tell us what the actual word is, but he's like, yeah, "Yeah, you guys are pretty on it. You're pretty on it. We're like, no, it's not working. We don't know what this is. We knew what the answer to the puzzle inside of that locker was as well. Mm. And it was the most frustrating feeling when he came out. He's like, oh, the bomb blew up. Like, you guys are all dead. And he comes in and the lock was uh, fidgety. Like, it was broken. Yeah. And he had to, to, like, kind of fix it. And it was the most, he was like, well, you kind of won. 
it was the most frustrating oh, feeling yeah. where we were like, oh my God. Fidgety locks is- are going to, it's, fidgety locks will be the death of the escape room industry. <laughs> like seriously, right? It's, it's interesting. Like I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to get the vibe from the outside that, that they're, they're, they realize now that there's a value in making sure people are actually able to escape. And so there are times when I feel like they're, they're, they're giving hints too quickly. They're easing mm. people along too fast because they want people to have the positive experience, right? The real positive experience in an escape room is like when the hive mind kicks in mm. and it's like everyone seems to be sharing a brain, right? Mm. Like that's the, the, the serotonin's going, the endorphins mm. are hitting, right? Like it's like boom, boom, boom. And just, you know, oxycontin just like, <laughs> like in your brain. So it's making itself. Um, it's fantastic. So, and if if they're giving me the hints, it's not it's not real. It's kind of yeah. a placebo effect. But yeah, it'll come down to like, oh yeah, like the tumbler on this one's like a little fidgety. So you gotta mm-hmm. like, it's like no, yeah, fix those those locks are like ten bucks a throw. Yeah. If it's starting to get worn out, go buy another yeah, one. Yeah, for real. And what you say is so true because Adam, he's a he's a brilliant guy, and and one of the things that he suggested is he was like put an actress or an actor in one of your rooms and if because for ours it's a it's a two um two room escape room and um i don't think that's giving anything away by saying that i know the amount of rooms you're like how much is left it, i think it, it, it's it's fine um people knowing that it's two and it's perfect being at two because we have an actress who is a, a part of it and one of the big reasons why is because we're able to kind of like push people along in such a way that you're not just giving it away by radioing in a clue that actress can kind of like help guide because while people get while they're in the second room we can reset the first room so it's important that that's timed out correctly Mm. not just like you have the whole 30 minutes go we kind of have to like push people start to reset the first room have a little bit of a break in between and then move the next group in because it's only a three-week escape room so we have to be very careful to do that so adam you know what you're saying is that they just give away the clues to people he was like, hire an actress and make sure she's really, really smart and she can give the clues away in such a way that doesn't ruin the experience for people. So when they absolutely need it and she can tell, you can do that. And I don't want to explain how, but it's so fucking smart what Patrick came up with. I'm like so excited for people to get into this room and see what the context of this person you, you is. You almost sound addicted to this process, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm getting it's there. like this, there's going to be no more galleries soon. This is going to be turned into like a nine escape room. You Dude, know? you fucking called it. I've been saying that to myself. I'm like, fuck. I looked, literally looked in the mirror and been like, is this your new thing? Like, did I find this? I was never a horror guy. Like, I never, I'm like the only white dude ever that was not addicted to horror. Oh, I'm, I'm not like, a horror dude either. This is a, like the fact that I've, I'm like seriously considering like people are like, oh, what is it? Nick's going like, come to rope. And I'm like, maybe. And like Juliet Bennett Riley is all like, oh, creep's pretty good. You should go to creep. And I'm like, doing the tensions going on. I'm like, well, I have to go see tension because I talked to the guy for an hour. And like, and I'm like, does this, is this how I like back into, cause I love stranger things and I like myself some mm-hmm. Stephen King, I like, I like a certain kind, but like yeah. splatter punk. Like I don't want to go there with, with the, my haunt life guns are talking about uh, freakling brothers and like the gates of hell in, uh, <laughs> in Las Vegas. And I was looking up today and I was like, Oh yeah, no, that's not me. Like, you know, no, like particularly there's all this language about like, you know, if you resist at all, if you, what was it? Oh no, no it was like retribution. Like, mm. like they have the word retribution. I think it's like, like if you, if you retaliate, no retaliate, if you retaliate, because this is the thing 
thing that happens in haunted houses, unfortunately, is mm-hmm. like people will walk up and they'll like they'll punch the actors. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not that kind of person, but I definitely know I've got twitch on me. If someone <laughs> like, and every time for these things, like someone like, you know, holds like a fake knife or like, you know, like one of Nick's goons like grabs me around the neck, I always put my hand on <laughs> on their arm, right? And it's 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 just instinct. But there's also a little bit of a reminder of like, no, 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 like ultimately I'm, I'm in control here, you know, <laughs> like you're not going to. And I know that like the Gates of Hell people would be like, you're like, oh, quit fighting and, and then give I'll, yourself over to the process. Yeah. It's like, no, like just no, like I just, I just, I just can't. Um, but, but some people, they, they, they love it. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, that's one of the reasons why I live alone. Um, do you, do you, how do you feel that haunted houses fall into the realm of immersive? Oh, I think they're so critical to this whole, I mean, even, even then she fell. <laughs> Drink. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to explain that. Someone out there is laughing their ass off right now. Um, even then she fell, um, you know, they did a steampunk haunted house in mm. the space before they did that show, if memory is serving. Mm. Um, and so critical, you know, uh, Sleep No More feels like a haunted house. Mm. I, sometimes I describe Sleep No More as, as a haunted house and we're the ghosts who are haunting it, right? Mm. That's um, a very, very interesting way to put it. Yeah. Similar to how I hear Meow Wolf's thing is in Santa Fe. Oh, Meow Meow wolf, meow wolf. So next month, I, I think I'm going to leave town for a few days because I always take my vacation on my birthday. And I am. I, I was talking with Vince at Meow Wolf, uh, emailing today, and I am. I am. I am in this close, holding my fingers like an inch apart, less than an <laughs> inch apart. I'm this close to using like the Southwest voucher that I have from getting stuck in Cleveland. Um, to go fly to Albuquerque, oh, get a car, and go. Like, There's no better place in the Southwest to spend that money. So yeah. you should fucking do it. That's yeah. like the best way to spend that. You should 100% do that. Yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty sure that that tomorrow I'm I'm booking everything. So I just had to do clear it, it up. And they're doing a Halloween thing. So I think it's going to oh. be I go in and like apparently like of Montreal's playing. I'm not in of Montreal, but like I'm like, oh, there's a concert that night. Maybe I'll go see the concert too. Just like sp- I spent 2 days in Me- Meow Wolf or something like that. Or maybe I'll maybe I'll go into a little bit Desert time. I need some desert time. Yeah, that's desert, the best know? brain reset there is. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, you should 100% do that. Yeah, it's it's almost guaranteed at this point. I just got literally just got to sit down. Like, <laughs> I got to plug in numbers into a computer, which is what I do all day. So that's that's actually the big resistance. It's like I don't want to sit in front of the computer and do this. Yeah, that's but, awesome, man. I, I it was interesting because we did for two years ago. We did a haunt. I'm doing finger quotations with um alone which was this crazy it's it's it was just like an existential experience more so than it was like a horror based anything. Yeah. And the next year after that we did an actual haunted house and to see the difference between the two was like this is nuts. Like the Drunken Devil Productions thing was awesome. We've had Matt on the podcast and he's advised us so much through this whole process and like you said the bar was his favorite part of that experience which is why he does these experiential horror based bar performance style events now as his immersive um like production company but watching what alone did the the fact that we even got to see that from behind the scenes was like and we've done two shows with them now was like if we hadn't seen that we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing now yeah alone cracked open a lot for people here in town like it was a seminal moment for so many people Mm -hmm. uh on the fan side of things 
Oh, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm sad I missed the first show um, in, in a lot of ways. And it was that H word that kept me away. I was like, you know, cause I don't, I don't, I don't get into it. And then when I saw, when I saw um, the one they did the next year um, and it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting. And that's where I learned I had like the, the fight instinct in fight or flight. <laughs> so it was, so I was just like walking through the thing, just like, you know, don't hurt the actors. And that kind of took me out of it. Mm. But there were moments in that piece that were, there were moments in that piece that I can remember as clear as day. Are you talking about last year's Halloween? I think, am I talking about last year's Halloween? The one that was like kind of sexual? Was it? Was it? Was that in Hollywood? Yeah, it was in Hollywood, and like you were walking around like that old post-production facility. Yeah, 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 yeah that one. There was a lot of gender bending stuff in that show. There was gender bending stuff. There was like a girl in like uh, Teletubbies footy pajamas, unicorn. The, the unicorn. Yeah, you know, crawling around. Like she did a lot of things to me, <laughs> and I asked later if she does them to everyone. <laughs> and Larry and Devin were like, "Nope." Oh, <laughs> like she boy. knew she knew you were coming. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but that one was awesome too. The um, I love that they did the opposite of Halloween for that show. In many yeah, regards. no, I mean I wanted it to go even farther that mm. way, like in this weird ASMR, like because then it gets creepy in its own way. Like just imagining a bunch of like like some kind of weird Teletubbies like thing, like and just being like I'm in I'm in the <laughs> land of the cotton candy puffs and like everything's just slightly off. Um, but that's the thing is like it's been a year. I can remember some of that stuff as clearly as I can remember going to the, you know, Then She Fell or Sleep No More. Or did you break things in the record-breaking room? Or did you go into the... Rec- they, they put people in different rooms up there. Did you go into a room where there was, like, the bald guy breaking records? No, I don't think I saw the bald guy breaking records. I saw broken records, though, so maybe that was, like, It was awesome. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It, if, if you were going at a time when there's a bunch of people, it was awesome because they put an actor in that room, but they would stage like in between um, as they were like switching the order of people going through the experience. You would have people in the room and you didn't know if they were an actor or just another participant. Yeah, they did a great, they did a really great job of, of making you suspicious, which also give you freedom to play with people that way. Yeah. So like in the screening room, like I was sitting in there and like someone else came in and I just like, cause the whole thing is about like, Oh, everyone is watching you and all that sort of stuff. That's the fiction. So I just started like eyeballing people. Like mm. I was in on it <laughs> and, and it led to some really interesting moments. Like down the line, like people were like, being like they can't tell like, are, is this person in it or not? And I love that. Like give you, give the space to play. Yeah. Um, so to some degree that's like a, playing to the back of the room kind of things, what they call it in comedy. Yeah. The one thing I'm worried about is that I have not, and, and I will say this, there is no community that I've found anywhere, in the arts, anywhere else, that is more support, that I've come across personally, I'm sure there are, but that is more super, su- supportive than the haunt community is, or this immersive theater community is, because anyone that we've even so much as crossed paths with has given us so much advice. Yeah. Our show is going to be so sick because we've just done, basically, what all of these masters have said. Like, the alone guys are so busy, and they got on a call with us to tell us exactly how to do everything. Yeah, everyone's really excited that people are experimenting mm-hmm. with the form, and it's... There's a whole level at which, uh, uh, from a business side, it feels kind of ridiculous to to speak of immersive, all this immersive stuff, as being rarefied or specialized when we're in Southern California and Disneyland's right down there, mm-hmm. right? And there's there's so much of this stuff is exactly 
what what you know if we all had the budgets we'd be building disney like type stuff mm-hmm. with the and even like what knots did this year like i didn't go down to see any of the ghost town stuff and i'm hoping that it have that it's just stopped at, at the end of labor day and i'm hoping you get to go next year i uh, hoping they bring it back next year because it was like really successful and they took the old ghost town at knots and they shoved a bunch of actors in there and did like a whole like kind of like a live action role playing you know, mm. con, you know, there's a storyline that's going on. You can like wind up mm. playing in poker games. And you can take money from the poker game and put it in the bank and all this sort of stuff. And like, Whoa. so like the town's alive. It's, it's I think it was called Ghost Town Alive. Whoa. And and there you go. There's there's a theme park like leaning back towards this mm. this entire realm or the plans that they have for Star Wars Land. Yeah, where there's there's going to be a little bit a little bit of this vibe in terms of the performers bringing people into the world and the and the the whole space being active that's and, so awesome and we're all we're all that's pretentious of me but like but everyone in this in this community is working in in similar veins or they're working down a particular avenue in here yep as we start to like sort of rediscover things and build an entirely new, maybe an entirely new industry out of it, or reignite a part of the industry. Because there's something about the fact that I don't know. Like I'm so I'm so bored with tech for tech's sake, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, I mean I don't know how enthusiastic even tech bloggers can be about any technology anymore. I mean, virtual reality still, like, you know, interests me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get the new phone when it comes out. (laughs) But, like, the level of, oh, my God, like, the thing we can do, it feels like we're we're over that now. It feels like it's it's just mundane. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the thing we can do. There's a new thing we can do. But it's it starts to become like, but what is the quality of the thing that we're doing? Like, I don't care what the phone does anymore. I care what I do with the phone. I care whether Mm -hmm. or not it opens up some new range of motion for me. How jobsian of you. (laughs) (laughs) You and I have talked before about how virtual reality is not in its most inspiring form, the new form of filmmaking. It is the new form of theater. Yeah. Which it it takes you back a little bit and and says, let's turn this into an immersive theater experience and and VR can become that. And there's um, escape rooms and other things that utilize VR. Yeah. Um, Well, and there's a lot of people in the VR space who know very much that it's it's more like theater than it is like film and and I mean I don't see the disciplines as different I see the I just see it's like it's like an artist working with different media you know it's like sometimes it's paint sometimes it's sculpture sometimes it's virtual reality sometimes it's an escape room sometimes it's an adaptation of you know Dalton Trumbo <laughs> right um, you staged in a church these these are all just just seeking you know what you were talking about earlier about about being in the room and like picking up on the stuff and and that sense of of giving yourself over to the experience it's about presence mm-hmm. right um which is what I talk about in VR all the time um in 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 meditation practice it's something mm-hmm. or when an artist is in the zone right and yep. so yeah, exactly. It's flow states. It's presence. It's it's all these different ways to talk about the same thing. There is this moment where you realize that you are, you know, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. But but it's not about meaning. It's about that 
feeling and that experience and like that you're picking up and that you're aware and suddenly you're aware that you are aware of more things than you realize mm-hmm. and it, it clicks into space and the aha moment happens and what's so fun about all this stuff is everyone who's working it is trying to create those moments for other people and I can't think of a better gift you can give someone mm-hmm. than an aha moment. Yeah, there was a, um, a iteration of that where we, for our Break Bread show back in February, um, a company that we work with often, and you talk about how um, tech for tech's sake is not the most exciting. It's what it's done with it. And so we are really honored and we're really hoping, fingers crossed, that we get to work with them again um, in October uh, to partner again with our um one of our favorite companies, Standard Vision, and they make these big screens for like at LA Live, they have one of those big video billboards, but they make other cool stuff that can be utilized tech-wise. And so they basically gave this screen to Scott Hove, and you said artists, they just choose the medium. They do, they can do anything with all these different kinds of media. And so they just gave the screen to Scott Hove, and he was like, throw a bunch of mirrors around it so it creates creates an infinity room, and then have fire and water um, switching. between, like circulating on the screen yeah and like you said it because of the fact that it was this infinity room thing it encouraged people to kind of walk up to it and halfway through the show we teamed up with Arya an immersive theater director and he creates those moments for people so Scott had already started to create that moment but when Arya came in he said I want people I want the video to change as people walk up and so what happens is people start to walk up and we left that functionality for the rest of the show mm. because even when there wasn't an actress in that room, people would start to walk up and because they want to see like, oh, these mirrors look kind of cool and they're looking left and right and hey, it looks like it stretches on forever. And then the moment they saw themselves, I would just stand in the back of that room sometimes and watch, the moment they saw themselves through the connect, seeing their reflection in the water was like, holy shit, they would all stop. Kids would like run around and run and grab their parents and like bring them over and be like, wait, look, we're in it. Like we're in the art. It was, it was so sick to see that happen and it takes brilliant minds like Scott and Arya to combine with one another and some kind of supportive organization like Standard Vision to enable them to create these moments for people. And like you said, they're the most important moments that artists can create. Yeah. Got to form Voltron. Takes this one and that one and boom, creates a bigger <laughs> thing. Well, and, and that room, that was such an impressive room because if it was running fire, you felt heat. And yeah, it's not crazy. Water. Yeah. Dude, I heard so many people say that. Yeah. And Scott makes cake stuff. Like, that's yeah. what he's known for. And he made a room with no cake whatsoever. And it was the room that everyone was like, felt, you felt on your skin something yeah. that wasn't there. That, that's one of the funky things that, you know, when VR is really working, for instance, like, your brain starts to fill in the details. And so many times, and it doesn't even have to be VR, like, any sort of, like, haptic feedback. Like, that's actually, that's the thing I think is the most, maybe the most interesting thing right now, and it doesn't get talked about that much although I don't spend a lot of time listening to the VR podcast because I probably mm. should like there's there's mm. this one series um, where there's like been like 400 interviews so far but that's also like ah, crap 400 <laughs> interviews but um, are you a completionist uh when it's something I really care about yeah mm. and so it's, it's the voices of VR podcast and it's something that a road to VR does and I think they've had and I think some of them are short but like if, something like 400 interviews at this mm. point and so they're doing like two or three a week, you know, just pop, 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 pop. And um, so they've probably talked about this, but, you know, haptics and the the way that the technology is talking back to us through touch, right? You know, so Apple Watch, it's got the taptic engine and you can like send your heartbeat to somebody hmm. or 
um, you you holding like certain modifications like a six sense like a motion controller. And this was the thing that was interesting to me was like I was at I think it was at VRLA, and they had one of these things that was modded up, and there was just a there was a, an like a you're holding a shield and they're shooting arrows at you and you block the sh- you move the mm. move the waggle wand and you block the arrows and when an arrow hits they just had these plates on this controller which is this is like looked like almost like a shake weight and when the arrow would hit the plates would just slide back and forth like a hmm. right and that motion just against your palm so if you're wondering what this like take two of your fingers put it you know hold your your right hand out flat take two of your fingers into your left palm and just rub those two fingers up and down you know the palm from like the from where your pinky to where your thumb is right you know, boom 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 mm. that was all that was going on with this plate and yet because mm. of the video and because of that my imagination was engaged it would do that and i felt a thunk mm. So my arm went backwards, and that's it so felt crazy. like, right? But it's just this thing rubbing against my hand, mm. and that's enough to trick the rest of the system to like, oh, I feel this, or oh, I'm hearing that. Mm. And so in, 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 in a very zen way, it's just like this little thing, this little thing, this little thing, just tiny little bits of attention. And, they, you know, and there's, there's a lot of misdirection. There's a lot of magic in this. Um, and, and that's what's that's what's which fun about LA is like anywhere you go in LA, sorry New York, um, <laughs> anywhere you go in LA, you know it's just it's just waiting to happen because you've got like the all the visual like camera people at USC and you've got the programmers in Silicon Beach and you get all the magic nerds of the Magic Castle and you got escape room people all over the place you get all the the Imagineers hanging out in Burbank and Glendale mm. and there's it's it's the primordial soup. Of whatever this this next explosion of 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 media is going to be, and it's bubbling here, and there's pressure starting to build, and there's money coming in, mm-hmm. which is like you know the anaerobic microbes that are being fed mm-hmm. upon, and so it's it's the cauldron starting to sort of shake. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And there's, uh, it's most exciting because I often refer to it as the Wild West because there's so much fucking work here yeah. to be had for whatever you're good at. All those different things you just said require a wide variety of different skill sets. There's a job in each. Not only that, but there's all these other people who are here with the other skill sets that want to collaborate with one another for their side hustles. And then once they get good enough at it, can make it their main hustle. And so then you see these transformative things that was everyone else's like passionate hobby on the side that they're just starting to figure out how to make money on in LA there's so many of those people that they collaborate and it's their sole source of income that's what happened to think tank and it's 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 thrilling I I it might be possible in New York and San Francisco and New Orleans and these other cities yeah I haven't been haven't tried there yeah I've been doing it here at think tank for six years and just figured it out <laughs> and who knows we'll see if I fail horribly in in October with the rest of my compadres but it's uh it's one of my favorite things about being here for sure yeah no, and I think there's definitely, I mean, there's there's space advantages. You know, people talk about Detroit, you know, as the reclamation sort of happens there, um, and, and that's a possibility. You know, when I was in Cleveland, I was really impressed by how how, how cheap houses were, <laughs> and there's a lot of film production that goes on there. You know, there's a lot of film production happening in Atlanta right now, and, and it's sort of inevitable as, as the, the tools get cheaper, the centers of production sort of pop up all around. But there's there's still something about the the, the cross discipline thing that mm-hmm. that happens here in a way that um, 
I mean, it's still hard to get across fucking town, but um, there's there's that cross pollination. Tell me, speaking of cross pollination, um, you guys invited us in here to start using the podcast studio, which clearly we just ran with because <laughs> you guys and you guys, but you guys that entire time were stockpiling up mm-hmm. your podcast, mm-hmm. and that podcast is should be as you think you said at the top, launching this week. It should be launching. This month. This month, okay. At, from your advice and others, it's a little bit harder to get onto iTunes than we thought it would be. Yeah. So uh, that's why we've been kind of stockpiling, getting the official artwork done. That's what we released today. Um, it it better come out this fucking month. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys? What do you guys? What's the podcast about? It's basically we kind of let it build itself. It's called Real Talk. Um, Artists, Real Talk, A R T. We want it to be at the top um, alphabetically, if that matters anywhere, um, and. It's really what it comes down to is so many of these people that we talk about, like when you were 20 years old, you probably weren't like, I want to host the coolest immersive art podcast out there. You probably didn't even know that that was something. Um, when you were... Technically, it wasn't possible. <laughs> <laughs> right? So when... I am as old as my tongue and a little older than my teeth, as I like to say. So, yeah. When I was 12... I could have, meddled, I could have peddled a mixtape of it, right? You know? <laughs> Put it that way. So when I was 12 and still in, into the time I was 20, I was like, I'm either going to animate Dragon Ball Z episodes or play in the NBA. Those were like my two things. <laughs> and I didn't even know that what I'm doing right now was a thing. Yeah. And it, maybe it even wasn't a thing. Like it, I had to kind of carve it out of the world and carve it out of L.A., which I'm eternally grateful to L.A. for making those kinds of things possible. And there's so many people in L.A. who have done something like that. And so essentially, of course, we're interviewing people who were like from the time they were five, they knew they were going to be a painter and they were going to paint this type of thing. And yeah. they just did it and they figured it out. And there's a lot of people who want that to happen to them. But there's a lot of other people who are like, I know I love this. I know I love this. I know I love this. And I'm a hard working person with ambition. How do I tie it all together? Mm-hmm. Well, we bring in photographers who ended up teaching photography workshops to supplement their lifestyle. And now they get to travel all over the world and it helps their photography and they teach these workshops. And now they're like, they realize they're more in love with teaching sometimes than they are with photography. And so we're basically interviewing people who are giving advice to their 20 year old selves oh, nice. about the arts and how they got there. A lot of behind the scenes people who are really doing cool, inspiring stuff. It's just like we're so inspired by our homies that we want to put them on. Yeah. My advice was to be like, stop eating donuts. Stop eating donuts. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, over and over. Stop eating donuts. Stop eating donuts. Stop eating donuts. <laughs> <laughs> then I have to turn into subliminal, you know, or something like that. Like underneath, underneath, the, underneath the audio, underneath the music. When we have you on, you can just say that when we ask that question over and over again. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, yeah, well, look, maybe maybe get the 60-year-old me to, to uh, in the future, send send radio back, audio back, to tell me now how to make this side hustle. See, isn't that work. one of the funnest yeah. things, though? Every year older, I just turned 29, and every year older I get, I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm one year less idiotic. I'm one year less stupid. Like, I'm so happy to be a year closer, or a year further away from how dumb I was. I, I feel like... I feel like the, the, the peak of my idiocy was <laughs> was probably well it comes and goes like yeah, it's like course. it's got like anyway that's a whole look that's a whole nother thing people are like are they gonna talk about this now it's like no we're not gonna talk about this now we're gonna talk about something else um, what are we gonna talk about so we we've, we've got we've got 
Trap House LA hitting up. We've got Real Talk dropping. We've got The Rope coming in on the off nights, which is exciting. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I mean, like, you're surviving the spooky season, yeah. obviously. But, like, we talked a little bit about Meow Wolf. What what do you what do you like to see? What is it you you've started to explore this this space? You've start, you've, you you you're always so enthusiastic. Like you're always texting me like I listened to this one. This was dope. And like when you guys were talking about this, it was amazing. <laughs> and you're like now I'm listening to my hot life, and I've listened to like nine of their podcasts. <laughs> and like like you've become a super fan. So like mm-hmm. what what's drawing your ear and your eye these days? I really I'm, I think I'm in the same boat as you, man. I want to see these people. Like I have a friend who I introduced you to. Just random. I send you a lot of random intro emails where it's like you need to know this person. One of them was Nova Han, and she um, produced. She art directs for some of the biggest festivals in the world. You know a lot of them. Everyone listening knows a lot of these by name. And she's like, I'm doing this cool thing where um, 3D art, a 3D video interacts with performers, and you will look at it through 3D glasses, and you have to sit in a room. Everyone has to be in this warehouse together to watch it, and we want to put it in theaters eventually. And that in its own in its own way is immersive and performative at the same time. So it's really cool. But she's told me. She feels the same way. The way to most purify her art expression is to go into immersive theater. And mm-hmm. so when I hear people like that are moving into the immersive theater realm, I'm like, fucking watch out world. I yeah. want to collaborate with people like that. So yeah. I'm like, that's the thing that excites me the most is I see these people who are so sick and I'm like, please be my friend. Please be my friend. Come on my podcast. Let me talk to you. Let me get inspired by you. I want to see what you're doing. And a rising tide can lift all boats. And and that's the same as this podcast studio. It's why we've invited you in. Yeah. Happening in DTLA is recording their podcast in here now. Um, I'm just excited to see what, how much we can support all the dopest people around and see what it is they can produce. Of course, at the, t- at the very moment that the thing, like I was just at a workshop for Lagunitas for the new grant program. And the whole time I'm just thinking, what do I have to do when I get out of here? Because October's coming. Like yeah. I just have a ticker in my head. So of yeah. course, all I'm thinking about is that. And I am truly inspired and excited by the story that Patrick has created for this show which before we get off I want to make sure to tease it a little bit um, go for it so and I don't know the full story yet I just know enough to market it which is a, <laughs> a, a good way to pull this off but um, are you familiar with the um, historical rock character named Gigi Allen yes he was a punk rock star essentially um, in line with the Misfits and others, if you look at related artists on Spotify. And um, he essentially kind of started to go crazy in like a Satanist cultish kind of way, did some insane things like uh, shit in the mouths of his uh, fans while on stage and stuff like that. These are the the legends of Gigi Allen. Um, he got dropped from his record label. And so our story, without giving too much away, we were like, okay, we don't want to do some crazy, like in, in some of the haunt, podcasts I've listened to with you and others you guys always bring up the chainsaw you're like yeah. there's a chainsaw and then there's the a chainsaw <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so on opening night we are hoping to have a joke a chainsaw joke <laughs> so I really hope we can pull it off uh, I don't want to spoil anything but it'll be amazing if we can and it'll probably only be on opening night um, but we were like, we don't want to go that route. We don't yeah. want to go like Matt Dorado from Drunken Devil Productions. He was like, no fucking spiders. So we were putting cobwebs <laughs> on things and he was like, get those spiders. In fact, I think he slapped one off the wall. Like he was so pissed when he saw spiders. We were like, we don't want to go that route. How can we make this grounded in reality? And we asked Adam that. And Adam hit us back and he was like human trafficking. And we were like, oh, oh my ooh. God, that's a terrifying <laughs> that's, idea for escaping. That's, that's <laughs> a nightmare. So we want to have a fun Halloween element, like gory, fun, scary Halloween. Like, we don't want it to be so fucking real. 
Um, but like you're not going to get tattooed with, with the, someone's initials on your neck or anything in the middle of the uh, escape room. But we were like, okay, well, what's the most like outlandish, horrific, fun, I guess, type of human trafficking there is? <laughs> Organ harvesting, right? Okay, yes, I will. That you can make a you can make a good movie out of it because it's like, and like I've Saw. seen yeah, or and there's and there's been other there've been like serious ones about it, but it's like it's not it's. It's disturbing, it's scary, but it's so and there's there's some body horror, but it's also so absurd. It's outlandish. It's, yeah. yeah, it's so and outlandish that, that that it's that it doesn't have that like, though this is just depressing. Yeah, well there will be hints toward all the other stuff, like yeah. sex trafficking and actual legitimate slavery where they take people from other countries and, and, and basically enslave them. There will be hints at that stuff. But we were like, okay, under the whole entire umbrella, and I think somewhere we're gonna put the um uh definition of what human trafficking means because Patrick looked that up and uh, it's a really interesting definition so we'll put it somewhere in our marketing materials or something like that but we were like organ harvesting is that one that's not going to like trigger warning as fuck in our escape room by the way but we, it's not going to be too much of yeah. a uh, of a real thing but we wanted it to be grounded you don't, in reality you don't, want it, you don't want it to be you don't want it to be depressing like that's yeah depressing there, that's what we didn't want yeah because there's there's a level at which you know like it's important it's important that people play with edgy stuff. It's important that we... One of the ways that we deal with the trauma is that we tell stories. Horror is very much mm-hmm. about dealing with the trauma. But there's definitely... There's ways in which it's done in a respectful way, and ways it's done in a not respectful mm-hmm. way. And weirdly enough, you know, organ harvesting is outlandish enough that <laughs> you're generally safe, which yeah. is a weird thing to from say. From depression. You're safe from, you're safe from depression. You're, you're safe from... You're safe from, you know, taking something and and being a little too lighthearted. Yeah, chances are that out of the 6,000-something tickets available, zero of those people will have gone through an organ-harvesting black market (laughs) experience. Or had Um, someone that they 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 knew knew do it. And if if there is a person like that, they're probably not going to Halloween stuff. Yeah. So we basically took Adam's idea, like, let's take human trafficking. I wanted to ground it in reality. Skid Row happens down the street. There's a lot of human trafficking that happens there. We don't want to talk about that particular human trafficking because it's probably not happening that they're abducting people and harvesting their organs on Skid Row. Possible. I don't know. I don't kick it down there very often. Yeah. I go through there, but not not hang out long enough to be abducted and find out for myself. So we said, let's... You don't need a spare kidney? (laughs) Everyone needs a spare one. Right, exactly. And so let's translate that into our fun Halloween experience. And so Patrick meditated on it and he said he wants to... uh, take this Gigi Allen character and basically what happened after and our character is not Gigi Allen it's not you know it's just inspired by to some degree in the story but the um essentially Dee Dee Fallon (laughs) (laughs) his name is going to be Evan actually which is uh that doubles as the name of one of our creators who's helping put this whole thing together so you will basically be invited where he's like yo I got dropped from my record label um you know fuck the man started get mine productions or whatever like my new record label we're all going to be stars are you the next big rock star and he's essentially preying on these people who want to be the next huge talent they want to be famous and they move to la for it Mm. and it's a front for his human trafficking program and you will find out as you start to get these text messages and emails and stuff leading up to it you'll be introduced to another character um, named crystal and and the reason why her name is crystal is a month or two ago this text message screenshot was going around on the internet and all these women were sharing it with each other where this guy was like, yo, your friend Crystal told me you're looking for a job in LA. Come meet me at my studio. Like I can help you out. And it was like, this is a sex trafficking text. There is no Crystal. 
don't go to this guy's thing. And, and a lot of women were falling for it, and it was actually terrifying. So we named our character Crystal after that. Another reason you'll find out with uh, psychedelic drugs involved in the, in the show in some way. Um, and for those who can really read into it, you're going to be extremely inspired to know exactly what we're talking about when you get in there and meet Crystal. Um, so essentially, this whole thing was a front for this guy's human trafficking program. And you and six, you and five friends will come into our experience as you're trying to escape. Some of the things you're doing are providing clues to the people on the outside in the art gallery. Um, and you'll try to escape back into the art gallery. When these human trafficking things happen, they're like, come meet me at this place, at this gallery, at this music show, at this, at my studio, wherever. It's never somewhere like really creepy. Come meet me in this back alley. That's yeah. not what they do. So we wanted it to be somewhat realistic. We had, you know, it's funny you should mention that because the other night went to an immersive and I'd, I'd met the creators and so like, there's, there's a level of social proofing but there was one where it's like and now you're going to put a blindfold on and you're going to get in this person's car and you got to go um, and as I'm and getting in the car and the, the thing about it was that like um, Juliet Bennett Ryla and I often went up carpooling because uh, famously she, she like doesn't have a car um, and like I like trading notes with her so like mm. we'll be like let's go to this one together and like then we'll talk about it afterwards so it's it's really really convenient because we both it's a symbiotic relationship yeah we both have really strong takes on this stuff and um, she went right before me and I didn't see her come back right like they were good mm. in that they dropped her off somewhere that like I couldn't see her or like for whatever reason I did not see her come back and, and we've been to other ones where I've watched her come back so I'm like okay fine you know, everything's fine so I get in the car and I'm like you know, if you wanted to just get rid of all of the haunt people, like if there's if there's like a, a someone who wants like to have like the number one haunt blog and like immersive theater blog, they could just like throw a show, invite all of us press people, they could <laughs> take us all out on a single night because we're the idiots. Who'd be like, oh yeah, I'll stand in Avon's parking lot next to this red box when two people show up and say like, get into here, put this blindfold so on, true. sign this form. I'll be like, oh yeah, there's a form, so I'm going to be safe. I know I'm not really signing away my rights because these things are not legal binding but this is this is so comforting right now oh and then like put a blindfold drive me off like dead <laughs> that's how so I'm really like so you know I'm definitely at the point where I'm like you know I'm not I'm not I'm still doing them but like dude that's so good that's like for our next one it should be actual human trafficking I'm just realizing because I have signed things that say if you die it's your fault at yeah. immersive theater shows yeah and I'm like which is just not which also I mean we're pretty sure that's not legally binding uh, we're pretty sure we're yeah. pretty sure you guys so if we yeah. start to harvest your organs it's your fault you well, got fooled into it. L.A., L.A., you got to do crazy things to make the rent in L.A. Let's put it that way. So, like, watch out. So I'm saying don't go to Trap House. Trap. No. Um, but it's, I'm limiting myself to, like, people I know, right? Yeah. So it's like, now it's like, oh, have I met you before? Yeah. Like, have I looked you in the eye? Okay, I will, I will get into the strange person's car. Well, speaking you know? of, I will be tapping you for a media preview, which you'll be attending, I'm sure, October 3rd or 4th. Actually, are you going to be gone? No, I'm not gone until the end of. Uh, I'm away. I'm, uh, as when this one goes out, I'll be up in the Bay Area checking out uh, We okay. Players Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Uh, and then, um, but I'll be back like right away because I gotta like still gotta check out Tension. Yeah. Gotta gotta do uh, Wicked Lit. Uh, gotta visit um, the Escape Hotel has a new one popping up. Uh, Crossroads is doing something new Dude, for. So many to um, do. For, for the, the Hex Room is doing something new for Halloween. Um, uh, Indiecade Night Games, which um, 
uh, I'm, I'm curating, so I got to be around. Mm. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, that might be, this might be the part where uh, I actually say that. I'll, I'll probably have said it in the open to the show, too. But yeah. Um, well, name dropping, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, um, we've got, well, actually, I can't name drop yet. I may be okay. able to name drop. Okay. Like, there's certain things that are under wraps. We'll it's on. not all, it's not, but. I, I, there is a reason why the festival director brought me in for a reason mm-hmm. to curate. So just if, if you want a sample platter of L.A. immersive theater, kind of like it's like it's like the it's like smorgasburg, but for immersive theater and mm. you want to play some fun games, USC campus indicate itself as great. Uh, it's I believe it's the 13th through the 16th or the 14th mm. through the 16th in October, but Night Games, which is just a $30 ticket, if memory serves, uh, is Saturday night, October 15th, October 15th, Saturday night, October 15th, $30 ticket, if memory serving, plus some fees or whatnot, and there's going to be, there's going to be everything, if all goes the way I want it to be, everything from immersive theater to VR experiences, shit, stuff, awesome. stuff that, you know, if you, if you listen to this podcast on the regular and you hear things that I'm excited about or, or any of the stuff you see me writing about very excitedly, if it's here in town, I've probably made an effort mm. to try and try and have it be there. It mm. can't be everybody cause mm. it's October and everyone's yeah, really yeah. busy, yeah. but, but I can't wait to share the list because people are going to lose. Some people are going to lose their minds. I get my hype man on. People are going to lose their damn minds. Well, you keep doing stuff like this, Noah, you might fuck around and make a career out of it. Yeah, so maybe. Be well, I, this one, I'm almost more worried. Like, is, is we able to get everybody through? So it's like an evening long event. So cool. hopefully we'll be able to get everybody through what, what they want to see. Awesome. I'll That's tell you, I'll tell you some more afterwards. Yeah, we're, we're excited for the same reason. We're to some degree. That's why I was talking to you about the, the guy who has mobile escape room on that tour bus. We want to, to some degree, make this like, haunt mecca um it, like uh, immersive theater mecca that it, it's a must stop um a must see stop on your haunt la tour yeah because we have screenshot productions coming in here and taking over for their their take on it with the rope we have our escape room that's happening we have um the lounge which to some degree is serving as like the um additional chapter like the director's cut of our experience some of the people are taking over the lounge and adding a new chapter to the story which is going to be pretty fun then we have hopefully i can get this mobile escape room guy if anyone can put him through to me let me know because i'd love for him to pop up at some point um it's going to be a really really fun month and i think uh the, we attempt to do the same kind of stuff you do which is just get all these brilliant minds together and just fucking let them loose yeah we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to do like this stuff like there's there's there are things anyway I don't want to get started there's so much hard work there's so much hard work to pull yeah. all this stuff together there's so many logistical pieces logistical pieces and the more the farther down the road you do like the the harder and harder it gets in some ways but it is very rewarding to see the effect it has on people and to keep on making new fans and like we just we keep getting people in, into this circus tent and you know sooner or later mm-hmm. we'll we'll be able to like you know build some walls or something I don't know. Yeah, that's and you get addicted once you're in that tent, so oh my God. Uh, be careful Those guys. peanuts. Those peanuts. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we'll call it a night. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Once again, want to thank our guest this week, Jacob Patterson of Think Tank in downtown L.A., you can find Think Tank online at thinktankgallery.org. You can check out the details on Trap House at traphouse.la. So it's just 
the letter L, the letter A. You can catch up with Think Tank on Twitter at Think Tank DTLA. And that is the same on Instagram, which uh, is where they put a lot of their efforts because they got a lot of followers on Instagram. Like, whoa, a lot of followers on Instagram. And there's uh, it's a it's an art gallery. So there's lots of pretty pictures. So that's that's how that tends to work. Right. I mean, you, you get that. Right. OK, um, let's do the rundowns for us. Um, we're at No Persinium on Twitter. We're also No Persinium on Facebook. We are um, no underscore persinium at outlook.com to email us, which you do to tell us about shows that are happening that you know about, not just in LA, not just in New York, not just in Chicago, but anywhere, anywhere, literally anywhere. We have listeners all over the planet. So tell us about your shows all over the planet. You can help the show and help the newsletter sustain itself and grow and be more effective and get us maybe something better than this microphone, which seems to be failing us at patreon.com slash no proscenium. You can find our critical work at medium.com slash no dash proscenium. The theme music is by Chris Porter. The fact that this show exists at all is thanks to our Patreon backers. My voice is about to give out because I'm fighting a cold and there's so much going on that uh, I don't even know where I'm going to be next. But when I'm out there, we're going to run into each other, and that's going to be awesome. So, next week, new episode. Haven't recorded it yet. We know when we're going to record it. There's so much going on. I'm losing track. We've got a bunch of great interviews coming up. October is going to be incredible. We've got After Dark with Zay coming along. It's going to be fantastic. So, we'll be back here in seven days' time. And until then, and I probably mean it, I will see you at the show. 